This is Very Bad Words. I'm Matt Fiddler. Do you remember a time when saying yo mama was just about the worst thing you could say to another kid on the playground? It might have started with some yo mama jokes, yo mama so fat that her blood type was Nutella, or if you were being picked on and or in an argument or something, and you weren't afraid to get into a fight, you could win as soon as you just said your mom or yo mama. That's the 1983 radio hit Yo Mama by Wolf Ticket. Now, this Yo Mama insult joke phenomenon first entered my life around the same time as rap music did. It seemed to come to my suburban middle school along with the words dope, fresh, dis, and sup. So I figured Yo Mama probably came in on that same train. I remember this song, I Can't Do Nothing For You Man by Public Enemy. That shit cracked my friends and me up. The end of it is basically a series of insult jokes. And around this time, you could also find your mama jokes in movies. Remember the movie White Men Can't Jump with Wesley Snipes and Woody Harrelson? Man, your mother got a leather wig with way sideburns. What you know? Well, your mama's teeth hey. so yellow, she can buy a whole loaf of bread. Oh, man, shut up, y'all. Both of y'all, both of y'all. Say that. Hold on. What were you talking about, mother? When your mother's so poor, I seen her kicking can down the street. I said, what you doing? She said, moving. Hey, your mama's so old, she used to drive chariots to high school. Oh, shit. <laughs> your mama's so fat, she fell over, broke a leg, and gravy poured out. <laughs> On today's episode of Very Bad Words, we're going to look into something that can make you laugh or get you beat up. Mainly, yo mama. On this episode, we're going to touch on the history of yo mama jokes, which may seem like a very specific thing, but really, insulting someone's mom is a really broad, deep cut of someone's character. After all, we all come from our moms, so insulting our mom is like insulting our very origin. And I go much deeper into this concept on a past episode called The Sacred and the Profane. If you haven't heard it, maybe go check it out. We'll wait while you do that. You done? Okay, great. Now I want to talk to Joaquin Kotler, who produced a segment for the show about the origins of this kind of insult comedy. But before we play the piece he produced... I had to ask him if he grew up on Yo Mama jokes as well. Oh, definitely. Yo Mama just as a response, but also yeah. like the classic, you know, your mama's so fat or your mama's so ugly or like I remember being in gym class and people just circling up and just having like a diss battle back and forth with just, I mean, you couldn't even avoid it. It's just, oh, like. Right. And like, yeah, that, that oh from the crowd was kind of like, you just going to let that guy talk about your mama that way? Oh, snap. You know, you're like kind of forced. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, so I kind of assumed that was like this new thing. Like, I think I first heard it um, from like Flava Flay. And um, and then maybe I heard it on like, uh, um, what was that show? Uh, In Living Color. Yeah, there but, you go. But it actually goes back a lot further than than hip hop been around since the old like blues recordings so even since the 1920s it's been documented in, in pop culture you know really since the 20s um how, how'd you stumble upon this okay so i'm a musician i love blues piano and uh, i'm sort of a blues piano enthusiast and i 
came across a song one time, you know, I, I like to go through old recordings or look through YouTubes and stuff. And I came across a song called the dirty dozens and it was the by, dirty dozens. yeah, the dirty dozens. And it was by, um, jelly roll Morton, who's sort of like a famous jazz, like seminal jazz piano player. But the song was just a really basic sounding like little piano riff, repetitive thing. And like a little percussion, uh, clicking sound and just the guy riffing with some really like dirty like it was all curses you know it was just like you dirty motherfucker you old cocksucker son of a bitch bastard and your mama don't wear no drawers and i was like oh shit this guy's talking making mama jokes it's like the recordings from like 1940 something you know yeah, like this. So this is like before like my parents were born. Yeah, exactly. And this this is this is shit that would offend them. Yeah, so I was like, what what the fuck is this? Let me like look this up. And then through a little bit of research, I found out that actually the first recorded version of the Dirty Dozens was like 1929, from uh, whoa the seminal blues piano player Speckled Red. Um, he did a version of the Dirty Dozens. Yeah, I've heard of him. He sort of coded in. You know, using the parlance of their times, um, talking about, you know, sexy stuff and homosexuality and, you know, fellatio and, you know, using like these weird terms that we didn't, we wouldn't really identify as anything lewd or body. But back then it was, I guess, some pretty cutting edge stuff. You met someone that actually kind of was a, a, a practitioner of the dozens, if you could put it that way. <laughs> yeah, sure. So her name is Gaya Degbalola. She's a blues musician. She's 74 now. You talked to her. I talked to right? her. Yeah, she, she's somewhat of an authority on the connection between old blues music and modern day language and, you know, storytelling. But she's also a blues musician herself. And she actually takes the, like her own version of the Speckled Red version of the song with the piano riff and everything and she sings it on stage, but she also goes around lecturing and talking about the connection between old blues lyrics and, you know, what they mean today and how they've how they tell the story that might not necessarily be told otherwise. Cool. Let's listen to your piece. Your mother lips so big, a favorite word is heard your mother had a record stuck in the butt. Your mama's butt so bony, she put her drawers on and cut them in two. Uh, your mama's so hairy, she looks like a chia pet with a sweater on. Your mama's so stupid, she got fired at the Eminem factory for throwing away the W's. Your mama is so fat that the back of her neck looks like a pack of hot dogs. Mama jokes and rap battles aren't just throwbacks to 80s and 90s pop culture. They're actually an integral part of American history. Playing the dozens is a term synonymous with insult comedy. Its legacy is cemented in the black community, but way before it became a recurring sketch on In Living Color, before Flava Flav and Dr. Dre exchanged snaps on Yo! MTV Raps, The Dirty Dozens was the name of a raunchy blues song with a deep, dark history coded into its lyrics. I reached out to the blues singer and lecturer, Gay Adegbalola, to tell this story. You're a dirty mistreater, a liar and a cheater, I'll stick you in the dozens, and your papa is your cousin, and your mama do the lordy law. She's not just an expert on early classic blues, she's also a queer black woman from the segregated South. Born, raised, and still live in Fredericksburg, Virginia, right on I-95. Adegbalola has a unique style and swagger. She rocks a tall shock of white hair, wears big hoop earrings, and plays slide guitar. She's also 73 years old, so in good Southern tradition, those of us who are part of the younger generation call her Miss A. 
I wasn't able to get Miss A to a studio. She's just getting over back surgery, but I did get her on the phone. We joked around a little bit about the sound quality. You could just tell your listeners to think that this is actual old-time vinyl. And if it's scratchy, then so be it. They can still hear. I mean, you know, that's the trend now. Everybody's going vinyl. Oh, because the quality is so much better. Well, that's bullshit. Tell them this is nostalgic right here. So that's what this is, a nostalgic-sounding recording of a queer black blues woman talking about the roots of the dozens, Body's suggestive insult comedy that's made its way into American pop culture via black bluesmen and women of the early 20th century. Adeg Balola has made understanding the real meaning of blues lyrics her life's work. She also focuses on the untold stories of black working-class women, whose accounts might have gone completely untold if it weren't for the lyrics Ma Rainey and Bessie Smith slipped into some of the most iconic blues songs of all time, or the work Angela Davis did keeping tabs. So much history that's written down has been written down uh, not just by white people, but by white men, and a lot of times old white men. So, uh, So we need to write our own history. A lot of Black women's history is only documented within the blues lyric, at least black working class women. So much of the Harlem Renaissance uh, relates to and is written by educated uh, black folks, if you will. One of the really good books on this topic is by uh, Angela Davis. She uh, documents all the lyrics of Ma Rainey and Bessie Smith. You can just go there and, and see our history unfold. Uh, within the lyric. Some of these songs have been covered time and time again by white rock and rollers. Songs like C.C. Rider done by Elvis, The Grateful Dead, and British rockers Eric Burden and the Animals. Unbeknownst to many white people at the time, even that song has history, in this case sexual promiscuity, coded into its lyrics. Ma Rainey, who is the composer, spells it S-E-E-S-E-E, or whoever wrote it down for her spelled it that way. Uh, I tend to take it as C period, C period, the letter C, with CC standing for county circuit because the preacher rode to a different church every Sunday, and he rode the county circuit. So first Sunday he was at Mount Zion, and second Sunday he was at Piney Branch, and third Sunday he was at New Hope, and fourth Sunday he was somewhere else. And the county circuit rider often had a woman in each town. So, you know, stuff like that, once pointed out, you start looking for the history and you say, oh, there it is, there it is, that's the intent. Much of the music Miss A plays, including the dozens, is about laughing to keep from crying. In a lot of blues, you find humor in the pain. And you find the humor in the pain in order to survive. So many people don't realize... um, how much humor is in the blues because it's a music of liberation. And they think blues is sad and just down in the dumps, but even blues that are painful and mournful are about uh, getting the pain out and survival and liberation, you know, even if it's just about shaking your ass on a Saturday night. But even inside songs like The Dozens, made up of humor, floating verses, and very bad words are some hidden meanings. A lot of people will think that dozens is just a joke. Man, I'm going to play the dozens. And in that sense, it simply means we're going to talk about your mama or your daddy or your family. I use the Dirty Dozens because it's such a clear example of how blues lyrics reveal our history. 
She uses the dozens to point out the ways lyrics to some old blues songs are really thinly veiled depictions of some pretty edgy stuff, especially for the time. Yonder go your mama down across the field. She's slipping and a sliding like an automobile. I hollered at your mama and I told her to wait. She said, I can't stop now because I'm feeling great. So the song starts off by talking about a wild woman. Oh, how wonderful. And, you know, if somebody's mama is really a wild woman, that's nothing to be messed around with. Or the song goes on, it says, uh, I like your mama, I like your sister too. I did like your daddy, but your daddy won't do. I saw your daddy on the corner the other day. What you know about that? He's funny that way. So right away we're talking about homosexuality. And this is in the 1920s. Uh, another verse goes, now, now, baby, you ain't acting fair. What you know about that? You got real bad hair. Your face is hid. Your back is bare. If you ain't doing the bobo, what's your head doing there? So now we're talking about oral sex. That was taboo up until the 70s, 80s. And here it was being sung about in the 20s. Nowadays, many of us probably most of us don't know what doing the bobo means. The real meanings of a lot of these old lyrics have sort of dissolved over time. But the tradition of insult comedy is preserved through this song's legacy. Ms. A says that even the recorded author's name is consistent with the tradition. Credit is given to Speckle Red for writing this song. So Speckle Red, his real name is Rufus Perryman. He was a black albino. And black albinos look really strange because, first of all, the hair is not really white, but the hair is yellow. And the skin is kind of uh, uh, yellow with speckles, if you would. The eyes are kind of red. And here is speckled red. And it wasn't an insult. It was just a definition of who he was. Jelly Roll Morton had a version of the dozens that was much filthier than speckled reds. It was pretty straightforward. But no matter how raunchy the song got, the dozen's origin story is dirtier than its dirtiest words. The Dirty Dozens is about slaves being sold in lots of a dozen. And when slaves were old or infirmed or some kind of way lesser uh, cattle, if you will, they were sold in lots of a dozen because they weren't considered very good. You know, the plantation owners still had to feed them and keep them, and their value was, uh, uh, they were devalued. So they were sold in lots of a dozen. When you're being sold, you're already marked as inferior. And then to be sold in a lots of a dozen, there's like a double dose of inferiority. And that's how it made it into blues songs, as an insult. The Dirty Dozens, a veritable hit for Speckled Red in 1929, is as low down and dirty as it gets. You're a dirty mistreater. You're a liar and a cheater. I'll slip you in the dozens. Your pappy ain't your color. And your mama do the lordy law. All right, so pappy ain't your color. He's talking about, uh, uh, you know, the plantation owner, whatever, being the father, your father. Yeah. Some other man, somebody other than your pappy is the is your father because your mama was messing around. Or he might say, you're a dirty mistreater, a liar and a cheater. 
I'll stick you in the dozens. And your papa is your cousin. And your mama do the Lord of law. So now we're talking about incest. So all of these things that are so painful to deal with, we're stuck in this song and we're just kind of laughing and doing the boogie and moving around. And there's a whole mouthful of history. Instead of bemoaning our fate because some things couldn't be changed, then what we do is take it and make a joke out of it. So from that, we get like our mama jokes, you know, uh, and the example I use, everybody's heard your mama jokes. You know, they're running rampant now. But it's like uh, your mama is so fat that the back of her neck looks like a pack of hot dogs. And then we laugh because we're laughing at your mama's fatness and and you try to poke fun at the other person's family. The Roots of Insult Comedy. to stand in line shake your shimmy like i'm shaking mine shake your shimmy and you shake it fast you can't shake your shimmy shake your yes 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 he's a dirty mistreater a robber and a cheater i'll slip you in the dozens your papa ain't your color and your mama do the lord and lord that's mrs a's version of the dozens she has a huge back catalog of fantastic blues music available on her website adigbalola.com that's spelled A-D-E-G-B-A-L-O-L-A.com Growing up hearing your mama jokes, I wanted to find out if kids today are saying these jokes still. So I did kind of an informal poll on my personal Facebook account, making sure to tag teachers and parents to see if they've overheard this in their homes or classrooms. And I got a lot of responses. Evelyn, who is a nanny, just had a bunch of Yo Mama jokes told to her by one of the kids she watches. That same kid was in the episode about children and swearing I did a while back, meaning this kid is pretty advanced in the field of profanity. So let's move on. Another parent said her seven and eight-year-olds were not saying Yo Mama jokes, but then another friend on Facebook said she hadn't heard them until this year. She said, quote, very popular in third grade, and most of them are definitely not PC at all, end quote. Another responded that his 10-year-old says you mama jokes, and, quote, apparently they're the height of comedy, end quote. He also pointed out differences between a yo mama joke and responding with your mom. Then your mom very well might get you beat up because it's directed straight at your mother. Well, according to this guy, yo mama is more generic and it's just a setup for a joke. It does seem that this has to do with location too. Many suburban school teachers said this isn't a big deal. Some of the kids try to act ghetto, but they don't really know what that means. Then a teacher from New Jersey said, quote, uh, no, I teach middle schoolers in Newark. You get jumped if you talk about someone's mom, end quote. And the last comment came from a high school teacher who said this, quote, In my white middle-class childhood, there was a sense of camaraderie, challenge, as well as intimacy involved with how you would insult your friends. You can make fun of your male friends, sometimes including their mama, but with tactic understanding that this was only happening because you respected the other person. I'm sure different groups 
cultures, backgrounds, etc. had their own rules to this, but I'm sure that many boys still interact with each other in ways like I describe. I see this dynamic every day in the high school I teach at. Maybe not mama jokes, but male bonding through insults. You know, kids are still tossing around mama snaps, but also you just Google it or you look on YouTube and there's like whole compilations of like the 101 best yo mama jokes. Or uh, I found like a stand-up routine that a guy did a few years back where he actually did a mama jokes battle with his mom and she had some nasty response. Like her joke was like, your mama's so nasty, she sucked your daddy's dick and then kissed you goodnight. Like, so it's definitely... Oh my like, God. <laughs> Said by your own mother? Aghast. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so uh, they're definitely out there and uh, it's definitely sort of cemented in pop culture, but they're they're also like just all over the internet. It's sort of just become part of, you know, part of our lives. We just sort of take it for granted. But once you start digging a little bit deeper, you get to see that it's, it's really even darker than you thought. Well, right on. Thanks for uh, giving us some history of your mama jokes in, in the dozens. It was an amazing story. Oh, well, thanks so much for having me. Joaquin Kotler is a musician, journalist, and radio producer working in New York City. If you are lacking in Yo Mama jokes in your life, apparently you can actually just ask Google Home to tell you Yo Mama jokes, although they seem to miss the mark just a little bit. Hey, Google, tell me a joke, a Yo Mama joke. Yo Yo Ma is so good at cello, but he's nowhere near as good as Yo Mama. Here's one. Yo Mama's so stupid, she had to ask Google Home to tell her Yo Mama joke. Thanks for listening to another episode of Very Bad Words. I want to thank Joaquin Kotler for his story on the dozens and for all the folks on Facebook for answering my Yo Mama questions. If you have a Yo Mama joke you'd like to share with us, visit us on Facebook and share it. Leave me a voicemail, 331-BAD-WORD, or why not tweet it to me? Our handle is at DirtyWordsCast. Also, I want to remind you that we're doing a Patreon campaign in order to support the show. Please check it out at patreon.com slash verybadwords. We'd love it if you could come by and maybe pledge $5 a month. For those of you that pledge $20 or more, your homemade custom goat milk soap made by our producer Jill Fincher is on its way. And there are still plenty of custom-made soaps out there if you want to become a $20 a month Patreon. Besides making organic goat milk soap, Jill Fincher also helps out with the show's production. I'm Matt Fiddler. Subscribe so you never miss an episode of Very Bad Words.